Well, folks, you know what that horn from the Tower of the Father's Church means. What time is it? It's Saints Radio time. It's good to be able to reach out to all of you again. And uh, always enjoy this uh, opportunity on Tuesdays to have our Saints Radio time together. And um, here in Dallas, we have we have just skipped right through winter and gone into spring. It's it's sunny and warm, and it's going to be that way throughout the week. And um, I think it's it's time for us to just go ahead and say it's it's March seminar time. All of you folks, come. We'll just have a spring seminar right now. How would that be? <clears throat> I uh, am so thankful to the Lord for all that he is doing and the way that he is, uh, that his spirit is is uh, manifesting himself in, in so many different ways, um, you know, from our times here in our church services, the moving of the spirit is so rich in dealing, uh, in connecting with various outposts of the saints around the world, we sense the same type of thing. So it's good to be in the service of our Father, regardless of what uh, the enemy's trying to do throughout the world. Uh, God is God is good, and we're thankful to be partnering with Him. Now, this is the last day of November. Tomorrow is December 1st. Can you even imagine that? Jeez, that means I can shave off my beard. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Don't tell everybody, but I have a full beard because I really thought I would honor the it's, whole November thing. It's Men's Health Month, you know? Uh-huh. You know is that just for prostate health or is it for I any other it, kind of thing? I think it started out for prostate health. But, I honestly, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But, anyway, <laughs> I, well, uh, maybe we should have a live broadcast where you, you can do that and people can watch it. Wouldn't that be funny? Some people are listening right now saying, is that really happen? I didn't even know she could grow a beard. <laughs> and then we could come on and you could be sitting in that chair. We could put some um, some Barbasol or something on your face so you'd have all that white. And and I could just have a, a a razor without any blade in it, and and people would people would buy that. They would buy into that. CNN, aren't you glad you tuned in this morning? <laughs> Monaco, Monaco, have you seen Monaco? Monaco, the bearded the beard lady, woman. the beard, bearded woman. Yeah. <laughs> that was a Marx Brothers song, but I think it was about the tattooed lady. I'll have to I'll have to re uh, reexamine Groucho's song. Well, just just for the record, and this is probably TMI, but I was at the the Bliss getting a manicure the other day, and I do have my eyebrows waxed because I have these wild eyebrows that I got from my father, and it's just a lot easier. Don't to have you send them. George over there with you when he's <laughs> here next time? <laughs> and the woman that does it, her name is Linda, and she's very aggressive, and she she actually asked me if I wanted her to wax like down here. Around, on your chin. That's what and I, my reason, to. I said no. Like, don't put that. Don't. But um, <laughs> just for the little fuzz, it's like right. <laughs> That's way too much. <laughs> Olivia was just sitting over there laughing. Oh <laughs> uh, well, you know what? I didn't so, do it though. So far today, we have. We have regaled the origination of this show, the Chit Chat Hour. This is totally Chit Chat. So anybody who just can't stand that has already tuned out. And so we can go into spiritual things now. Yeah, we're sorry if we offended anybody. Oh, but every now and then. just being real. Now and then, Jesus said it's impossible that offense would come. And I think that would be a characteristic verse for this program. You know, I I know that It is impossible. I've touted this a lot, but I, I happen to have loved watching The Chosen, which is a series that um, they put out, I guess, during the lockdown. 
And one of the things that I really love about it is that it really does portray Jesus as a man, you know, as a, is, is, is a person that interacts and, and winks and laughs. And he even danced in one of the episodes, (gasps) but I, I, that's the Jesus that I love to envision because, um, I don't know it to me, it just shows his heart and he was, he was a real, real person. You know, when I think of Jesus, I think of, I like my Jesus. It's a dancing Jesus. (laughs) No, a lot of people, (laughs) their Jesus is so distant and so sterile. And so, but you know, I mean, just when he would look over and just wink at somebody for something that they said, or I don't know, he even made jokes. I know he had to have hanging around with those guys. And too, just the way he interacted with each one of the disciples who were all just different and tested him, I'm sure, in different ways. Or I don't know, he just he just got on their level in such a way that um, it's just to me, it was just a beautiful thing. So anyway, yeah. well, as we said, <laughs> we're moving into December tomorrow and. We are focusing here on the the prophetic dimension of fivefold thought, you know, because the fivefold offices or the fivefold inclinations in the mind of the Lord, prophecy is one of them. And so we are we are going to be meeting uh, to pray on Wednesday at uh, 6 here in the sanctuary and uh, we would invite any of you who would like to to pray uh, during that same time we'd love to see you at the the throne of the Lord but we're also doing something rather unique rather prophetic hey what a good way to start a prophetic month and that has to do with uh, halal and we talked about uh, making tomorrow one of those demonstrations of seven times per day, I halal before the Lord, which is what David said. I don't know whether he did that every day or whether he was just talking about what he did in seasons that the Spirit moved him. Because if you said you were going to do that every day for the rest of your life, Chances are you'd come to the end of the day and say, no, I lost count. Did I do four? Have I done eight today? I, I just don't remember. And that one time I did it, it, it was really a multiple thing. So I, do I get a three for that one time? I, I don't know. Uh, I know we've done things like that in the past. And at nighttime before I'm ready to go to bed, I, I think, okay, now wait. Did I fulfill what I was supposed to do today? So doing that every day, well, you're out in the battlefield. When he was in battle. So I don't think he did it every day. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But the point is, tomorrow we're going to be asking our congregation here to halal seven times throughout the day. Actually, we're sending an email out and we're sending it out. So we're asking the saints to do that. So the saints are all doing it, too. I think so. I mean, it's not gone out. Wow. Well, that's great. But then here at the Father's Church, we're going to meet at 6 p.m. to pray. But you can certainly pray wherever you are alongside us. Yeah. I just think it's, well. No, that's great. So what, what exactly does that mean to halal seven times a day? Would you like to launch out on that or do you, how do you want to handle this because people are wondering well halal it, it most it mostly translates as praise in the heat in the old testament and the strong's definition means to shine to shine forth to boast to praise but it really is the kind of praise that aligns itself with the vision at the right hand of the lord and so when you praise him, when you halal, what it, what the, ap- the application of it is to actually gain vision of what he's doing at the right hand 
And, you know, when we praise, it's like he inhabits our praise. He comes. He, we welcome his presence. So we welcome that, that, that vision into who we are. It's like such divine partnership where we welcome that vision into who we are. We embody that vision, what we see him doing at the right hand. And then we shine forth with it. We manifest it here upon the earth. And it's such a powerful principle for us. And really, um, it, it, it like activates every part of us to be able to, to, to demonstrate and manifest the vision of the Lord. And so that's my definition of it. I'm sure that you have many things to add there. But for, for tomorrow, we're, we're really remembering what God has done. We are calling to remembrance the things that he has promised prophetically. And we're also gleaning and tapping into what we see him, what we see happening at the throne at the right hand. And then we are allowing, we are praising him, we are embodying that vision and calling those things that be not as though they are mm -hmm. prophetically. And so it's really becoming his righteous vision and walking it out. And um, I, it's, it's probably one of my favorite revelations that God has ever shown us because it's, it's such a powerful weapon, but it's also something that his spirit dwells in you. And so when you when you receive or when you open yourself up to embody his vision, it, it becomes alive in you. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what you were created to do. I mean, we, were, we just think that we're just these people that are walking the face of the earth. No, we are spirit beings with his spirit that dwells in us. And in order for us to fully partner with him in the fullness of his creative nature, we have to take that on ourselves. We have to... We have to believe it. So I love that it's linked with Abraham, the father of all who walks in faith, because it's it's such a it's such a walk of faith, but it's actually becoming the purpose of God in, in such a unique way, in such a creative way. Yeah. And so anyway. That's well, you know, you, you come back to how did we before the Lord define what a pneumaticos expression of halal is. And just so most of you know, um, we don't just start going out looking for different things to teach on. We don't. We don't think, okay, what's the hot topic? Let's go there. We don't hear what all the other people on the Internet are saying, and then we think, well, we better teach on this. The Spirit has been faithful over these 25 years to direct us, to guide us into truths. And you've lived this with, we've lived this together, so we know that's what happens. So when when God says something or there's a, there's a rhema direction to a scripture or an angelic word comes or, or the voice of the Lord says, do this, or we're just reading and suddenly, boom, you see something and you think, wow, that it's just lit up there in my spirit. It's lit up in the page. Uh, sometimes, literally, you can see it. Um, I see it happen more when I'm reading a, a handheld book, the Bible, more so than on the screen. But um, so the first thing we do is we look at what that scripture says, whatever that word is, whatever that term is. We pull up all the usages of that word in the scripture. And and what I usually do is I look through how the Spirit used that word before I look for any definitions or before I, you know, rely upon what I thought the word meant. And that that was revelatory when we were looking through Halal yeah. and we saw David like a, a crazy man in Gath and we saw... Uh, Pharaoh looking at at uh, Abram's wife and uh, throughout the courts talking about uh, her or you know we saw how the spirit used that word and we got that into our thinking before we look at any lexicon before we look at any depiction so I look I like a, a couple of lexicons that go back in how 
the word originated as far as they knew amongst the cultures and and so i read about that and then i look at what i look last at what theologians say i look last at what the common belief is or even what scholastic viewpoints are because you know i don't want to be soiled by that i i i want i want the scripture to define itself I want the spirit to to define what he was relating that <clears throat> insight to us, why he was doing that at that time. So we talk about halal, and if you were to look up Rabbi Shlomo's thing, he's probably not going to say any of the things we're saying because I can't speak for him. I, I've never really met him. I've seen him a couple times on TV. I don't even know if there's no Rabbi Shlomo. I'm just <laughs> making that up. Some of you are looking it up right now. But, you know, again, we're pneumaticos people. The Spirit is guiding us into these truths because we're living them. We're living them. So the issue of halal is to praise forward, to sense what God is wanting to do, and in grace, and then to embrace that and to depict it. And we taught about how Lucifer, Hallel, uh, if you look in your Bible definitions, it's going to say the light bearer or something like that. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean he changes out lights in heaven or he's just really bright? No, that means that he was one that would depict that what God was enlisting the angelic to do, and he would coordinate that in the time before he rebelled. Which makes sense, since halal, the, you know, the definition of it is to shine. Yeah, and if you're dealing with the ways of God, yes, that's light. Seven eyes of the Lord, yeah. So, you know, and, and then you look to see how that springs off to where diviners and in the Scripture— and those that would prophesy negatively or uh, even Leviathan or, you know, you see how the enemy would use that same concept in a negative way for the purposes of darkness. And, um, and so we're called to praise forward in grace. Now, you asked, we were talking a couple weeks ago and we were discussing, and you made the point, is there a connection between halal and halal? Well, I think there is. And halal is that kind of prayer that you embrace in the midst of battle or you are really standing uh, to see something in a desperate situation break through. That's the kind of prayer that people are going to say, we see God's with you. Let us come and halal with you. Let us hold on to the hem of your garment and let us let us embrace your name as you follow the Lord. So that's the kind of thing that God is giving us. And it would make sense that if you're engaged in that kind of thing, it would be because of a halal partnership with God. You are breaking through in grace you are moving forward in grace. So that's how we come up with this definition. It's not some wacky thought we had and we're just making a doctrine out of it. If it, you know, And I think uh, you, you want the full counsel of God. I think that if you look at how the, the divine author, the Spirit of God, our Lord Jesus, the author and the finisher, how he used this word throughout the 66, and then... If you do your due diligence to see the word etymologies and you, you look at that too, that's the, you start with how the Spirit used it, then you break it out, then you, uh, you see the extrapolations through the word. I think that's a pretty detailed and pretty thorough and pretty safe uh, thing. If, if I was an attorney and I had a group of legal assistants, this is what we would be doing to to stand on behalf of the one that we're representing. And we're representing our Father. We don't want any loopholes. We don't want anything where we're standing and then all of a sudden, oh, oh I didn't see that. I mean, that'll, that'll lose you the battle. That'll lose you the case. And I don't want to lose. 
mm-hmm. when I'm representing our Father, and I know you don't either. Mm-hmm. So um, tomorrow we're asking for people to reflect on what part of grace in your life do you, are you believing God is perfecting? What kind of assignment in grace on behalf of the saints, our work together, is God wanting to depict right now? And we need to be stretching forward for it. So this seven times a day tomorrow, I think it could be something personal. It could be something corporate for the saints. It could be both. You could do a seven times regarding what is God said. Does the Spirit stir something? What are the saints going to be doing? And how am I supposed to be engaging in that? You could have a duality there. And I would even say, picture it. Give thanks to the Lord for what he's going to do. Be open to vision. Maybe even do something prophetically as a response And do that seven times. Now, does it have to be interspersed, you know, every hour and a half during the time you're awake or, you know, no, seven times is seven times. You don't have to do it like taking medicine. Is it time for you to take your halal? Oh, I don't know. It's been three hours. Well, you better do it. It could lose its power. You know, I've just been rambling here. Is there anything you want to interject in the midst of the ramblings that I've spoken? No, it's good. It's good. Well, I think the enemy, though, I mean, we don't want to focus on him, but how does enemy halal come against us? How does evil rhema come against us? Um, and those are scriptural terms. This is not, you know, we just got hepped up on coffee and Mountain Dew and we thought, hey. This could be something. These are scriptural things. I'm wondering what the enemy has targeted that God, that he understands. God has said the angelic is mobilized. We, You can see the terrain and you know this is where they're going. <coughs> How is the enemy engaging in false, false halal to try to stop what we're called to be as saints, what you're called to be as a saint? I don't want to go too far there, but... From what we see in the scripture, you better believe that that is a key element of warfare. And, and you know, we've talked about prophecy and the antithesis of it, antithesis of it is bitterness, wounding, bitter sop. Um, you know, people, people, we do this and we shouldn't. Um we're so prone to think the bad thing or to envision something that is wrong. We we assume people are doing something and we, we picture it out. Well, I know what they're doing and we go off on it. Maybe it's just me, but I think every human does that because we were made to halal. And just like every other purpose, it can be iniquitous. It can be twisted. So maybe our seven halals tomorrow in some ways is to be um, restorative, to correct negative flow patterns that we have allowed our strength to veer off into. I don't know. I'm just... No, I think that that's such a good point, and I I know I keep driving this home, but, you know, we just entered into this year of the saints, into this year of holiness, and and I just love how we move so fluidly through the ways of God and the way that he refines us and perfects us and and cleanses us, And, and in every stage every significant stage it seems like he begins to hammer this home and so i think about coming in to a point of intercession or praise halal praise like this where you are asking the spirit to open the eyes open your eyes to be able to see what the father in heaven is doing so that you can partner with that so you can own that and and embody that 
but if you if you come into a time of prayer, if you enter in with with your mind polluted or with bitterness or with any mindset that is not sanctified, that's the the slight twisting that will get you off. Mm-hmm. And so I think just I mean I think that this in obedience, this activation that we're doing is partly for that reason. And I just really want to encourage everyone throughout the day and then let this be a launch point for us throughout this month. Because what is the prophet? It's one that dies to themselves, to their flesh, to their mindsets, to everything that is their flesh so that they can um, really embody the purity of the Spirit of the Lord and release that. And so how appropriate is that for us to to be called upon to do this seven times throughout the day, which is a discipline. I mean, set your phone. Set set a schedule because that's the only way you're going to remember to do yeah. it. Set yourself a schedule and be obedient to that schedule. And whatever's happening, stop what you're doing and offer halal praise to the Lord and just have some moments with the Spirit and and glean what he's doing and partner with it and praise through it. But it ha- we have to come before him with our minds sanctified, with our hearts sanctified, with our whole beings cleansed and pure. And, you know, we used to make it a discipline. Before you entered in the sanctuary for prayer, you had to stop in Peace Chapel. God forbid what's all in there. <laughs> no, yeah. we, we clean that house. But... Um, and, and and just sit behind the Lord and just cleanse yourself and, and get in the right mindset of the Spirit to enter into intercession so that you don't hinder what the flow of the Spirit is doing. And I think that we would all be good to get into that pattern again because in this year of the saints, I mean, this is what's required of us to really move in the power of restoration and remedy, grace remedies and those kinds of things. We can't bring our junk in. If you bring in your bitterness or your own mindset about something that you think God needs to do or is supposed to do, you will you will end up in a twisted place. And it just takes not his grace is with us. But you know, don't wait till you're in the midst of some deep heavy warfare to to realize, "Oh my gosh, I mm-hmm. you know, that's just yeah, so." Well, yeah, it's it's true. Um <laughs> Better not go in there. <laughs> Joe was just in there. Give it a few minutes. <laughs> I just saw Grandpa coming out of there. <laughs> Open the window. Oh, come on. <laughs> now, okay. Now so we were talking about we were talking about uh, imagination and how that you know. God says in the old in the New Testament you should cast down imagination. Well, let's just figure that out because that's logisimos, which is from logos, and it really has to do more in the New Testament with what you put before you that you're going to do. You put your logos together. How am I going to put this bit by bit by bit by bit? There's not a whole lot spiritual about logisimos in itself. It's just about how am I going to do this? And we all process the process of how we're going to get from point A to point B. But when you go into the Old Testament and you find like in Genesis 6 where uh, the Noah days, in Genesis 6, 5, God saw that the wickedness, the raw of man was great in the earth. And that every imagination, imagination there is a conception, a framing, uh, some vision of the mind, of the thoughts. Now, this is where it's really funny, because this is a Hebrew word, mahashaba. That sounds like some of the old-timer, timey Pentecostals and the Spirit would hit them, they'd jerk, they'd go, mahashaba. <laughs> they'd say something like that. Anyway, and it. listen to what this is. The thoughts, a contrivance, a texture, a machine, an intention of a plan, a plot, cunning. And if you if you look at how the word was used in the Old Testament, uh, it, it was to devise for the purpose of making something. It was used 
by Bezalel. It was um, it was a, a, it was used of accountants and bookkeepers. Uh, it was used uh, for, by the by the priest Jehoiada when they were repairing the temple, and when it says the priest reckoned they would look and see what needed to be built, what needed to be restored so that they could tell the workmen. So this, that God saw that the imagination of the thoughts of the heart was evil continually. And so what did God do? He nechamed. That's in verse 6. So now just because these wicked people did this evil thing. Bezalel created things that had never been made before on earth. And how do you think he did that? Through this term. Exactly. And so we can't say, when you think about imagination, the enemy would say, oh, you're going to cast those down. Well, yes, you cast every and every high thing the the structure put together to serve the high thing of the enemy you cast that down but what should you have i mean okay let's just look at this from another standpoint when we first started talking by the direction of the lord scripturally about visions about dreams about gaining interpretation about prophecy the religious world that we were affiliated with rose up and called us new age and called us not scriptural, called us a cult. They had their logissimos. They had their framework about what should happen, what shouldn't happen. We have all the gospel. We have this all. And that stuff had to be cast down because it was not going to allow for the spirit to do anything new. So here you have these terms and you see that they are also used by the priests, by Bezalel, by um, those that were managing the money of the kingdom, being proactive. You know, your husband works as a money, may helping people make money for various reasons. I'm sure that he sits and he thinks, okay, what is the market saying? What What is here? What, where would be the best way to do this? That is a kind of imagination. And we believe that he is being led by the Spirit as well. So if these kinds of things can be done for the temple, for the tabernacle, for the wealth of the kingdom, for what God is really wanting us to be in vision and dreams, we shouldn't get the idea that this is some wicked thing. Now, yeah, if we recognize that it's being used for raw, and that should be easy to tell, you get that out. You were going to say something. No, I no, I love this. I love this discussion because, and I think I love this whole spiritual principle because it opens up it opens up the capacity of our imagination in a sanctified way to see the ways of the Lord move. Mm -hmm. Because our linear thinking doesn't really give way for the creativity of the nature of God. And so, I mean, how, what a beautiful way to think that he's building the kingdom through us. It's through his ways. It's not through the ways that we think it should happen in the and, and so I love that part of this, that it activates our imagination to partner with what we see God doing, really in, in submission to that. How else could God do a new thing? I mean, if he is going to do a new thing, how else is that going to happen that he yeah. doesn't show us how, that, how he's going to do that new thing? If we don't allow our imagination and the and, and really the spirit within us to activate that imagination in a sanctified way before the Lord to be able to see the boundless ways that he moves. And there, you know what? I just, there's so much more. You know, I don't want to see it my way. My way is limited. 
my way is in a box. I mean, I, I want the boundless creativity of the Lord, just like Bezalel had, that comes through wisdom, that comes through strategy, that that is just his perfect way. And so I just think this is such a, it's just so powerful. And I think, you know, we've activated this before. We have taught this so many times in different countries. We taught it at seminars. We, and, and we've activated it through our praise in different ways, but never like this, mm-hmm. to where we're asking the Lord to show us what he's doing in heaven, to show us what he's doing in his right hand. And so we can take just that creative vision and, and allow it become part of who we are and walk it out in faith with him in partnership with him. And I think it's really, it, it's re, it really is the momentum and the launch point for us into this year where we're going to just see the miraculous before us. And I just, I, I just marvel at how good God is. I mean, that he just would just allow us to see into him. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the tail end of the Noah story, um, in Genesis 8, where Noah built an altar unto Yahweh, and he took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. I just was looking at the diff- two different words that are used to describe sweet savor. And to break it down real quick, it's, it's really curious because there is a sweetness that um, that is really hard to describe because of the way the word was used throughout that region. But it really was something that they believed attracted the divine, both the demonic and God. But the other word is Rhea off of Ruach, and it it really implies that what Noah was doing in offering this offering, it attracted God and it opened up the Ruach. It, it opened that up. And so when that happens, he says, I will not curse the ground anymore for man's sake, for the imaginations of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will again I smite any more living thing as I've done. But evil from his youth. And what what that really implies is that um, there needs to be a development that we don't just be juvenile, that we become mature in using what God has given us. So it's not like God saying, you know, no matter what you do, from the time that kid was born, he just had a screwy imagination. You know, that's not what he was saying here. He was saying that from the time we're young, we would have a propensity to misuse this. But if we align ourselves with the Almighty and let God lead us through the Spirit and offer ourselves as an offering to him, that it will open up the Ruach and it will guide us into the places that God wants to develop us so it starts with raw imagination and it and misuse of it and it ends with God saying okay i'm not going to destroy the earth anymore but um in this way <laughs> but uh, but you know f- from the time you're young you need to realize you have this capacity and you need to yield it to God and learn how to develop it you don't just throw it away. Um, you know, when our kids do something or grandkids do something and we don't like what they've done, we don't just say, don't ever do that again. We say, okay, now look, that's not how you use this. You, you, Yeah, you shouldn't do this thing, but you should do this. And we try to train them and we try to develop that. 
That's what God is trying to do here. So I think that's that's a very interesting thing. But that sweet smelling, that sweet savor, that's kind of it's it's difficult to understand. I don't you know, no, we know that the incense, the prayers of the saints rise before the Lord in his nostrils. That's kind of a sacrifice for us. We're not burning bulls out in the back lot. Um of course in Texas they think it was a barbecue and you'd have five pickup trucks lined up trying to get in. Y'all cooking up something? Yeah, I mean, I... Oh, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm done. No, I mean, is it not... And we, we talked about this a little bit on Saturday with the French-speaking saints. Is it not the requirement of us, I mean, when we talk about the sacrifice of praise? I mean, our, our, our praise should be a sacrifice of praise, which means every part of us, every part of us on that sacrifice goes on that altar. You, know, you can't just, okay, I'm going to put my heart on there, but I'm not going to put my mind. I mean, it's all got to be burned and refined and made pure, which becomes a sweet-selling savor for the Lord. So is that something that he's requiring of us in this process? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think we need to look at, too, that riach and how that opens up the ruach, how that expands that capacity because i was thinking about this early this morning isn't that like a scream the the ria what is the ria uh i can't remember that but but this is 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 it just a an expansion of ruach okay and and i was thinking about when adam and eve were in the garden and god came in the ruach of the day it wasn't just that his spirit was coming and they thought, oh, I love God's presence. The, the, the Ruach seems to be more than simply, as wonderful as it is, the spirit. It's more of an invitation to partner with him. And, and the more you make yourself available and open and desirous, you draw near to him, he draws near to you. He gives you, you can have as much as you want in him. And and he opens up that capacity of the Ruach. And that's that's an interesting thing that I think we need to explore more. So, with that then, practically, we've said all this stuff, and there's still people saying, well, what am I supposed to do tomorrow? I remember many years ago, there was a wonderful old man, Dave Cunningham, who was here in the church, and every time I would ask the people to fast or, you know, we're going to do a Daniel fast or we're going to do this, he would amble up to the front and he would ask me, okay, so what am I supposed to do? And I would reiterate what I just told everybody else, but he wanted me to tell him exactly what to do. So I'd sit down with him and we'd talk, okay, Dave, what do you think this says to you? Well, it says this to me. Well, why don't you do this, and why don't you do that? So there are people right now that are thinking, okay, what should I do? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you, because it's a, it's a personal, it's a subjective thing. Um, I, I'll, just, I'll just be real direct with what I'm feeling I'm supposed to be doing. I need to, some of the things I've meditated about, some of the things that I have that the Lord has been bringing as dross to the surface. I need to do some things to address that almost like to counteract. Like if you've got heartburn, you take a, you take a Tums or something like that, you know, or baking soda and water for some of you more holistic people. Do you know what's in Tums? Well, they taste pretty good. Uh, if they tasted nasty, I wouldn't take them. They taste really good when you're fasting. Mm, those smoothie <laughs> ones, those are those are really good. It's funny how that is. Communion crackers are just the best when you're fasting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe I'm supposed to take communion every five minutes. <laughs> Give me a couple more boxes of them crackers. I've been known to take more than one. <laughs> so I would think, okay, so I would think... Before you start tomorrow, ask the Lord to pinpoint what for you is the most important thing to him 
in regard to the saints for this coming year? And then maybe ask him, what's the most important way you want to use me? What do I need to do to be better? What do I need to do? And then ask the Lord's Spirit to guide you. And then when you start about the day, hopefully the Spirit will have said some things to you or maybe even given you vision. Even if he doesn't give you a vision, you've already talked to him about it and you've thought about it. Because somebody said, he didn't give me a vision. I don't get visions. And off you go. Maybe you need to do something about that and get that vision belly aching out of you. Um, but I, I think, and it's like communion. You come to the table. You've got the bread and you've got the, you've got the blood and you've got that bitter sop. Maybe God's wanting to, to do a little bit of a lot of things for us tomorrow. Maybe you begin the first time of the halal with the communion. Improvise. There's no right or wrong thing here. But envision and look forward because praise reaches forward. Praise waits. Maybe you'll see the dry place. Praise waits in Zion. Maybe you see a reason Maybe God shows you one reason for why he's wanting to do this thing. And you see, like the priests, the wall is broken down. That's got to be repaired. Maybe you address that. Maybe you speak to that gap. God's going to fill you. God is filling you. You're being repaired. The breach is being repaired. You'll be known as the repairer of the breach. Maybe God will show you the breach. And what do you do about that? You speak into that. You know, speak grace, grace to the mountain. There's a lot of things you can do with halal. Be creative with it. But it is envisioning. And it is looking toward toward what something is supposed to become. So... And then if you have any questions beyond that, just email Monica. <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't do that. I remember when we would have special fasts over the years, like one time we did a dairy fast. and Or even Daniel fast is just so funny because people just processing, can I eat this? Can I eat this? Should I eat this? Should I eat? But the dairy fast was just like, does cheese count in that? And can I eat yogurt? And <laughs> it comes down to the heart. I mean, it, it always just comes down to the heart. But yeah, this is good. I mean, because discipline is good, and this this creates discipline in us to to um, to really apply what God is is calling us to apply. And I really believe that as we're obedient to this tomorrow. It really is going to be a launch point into something incredible. I really believe that. So we're very thankful for that. I, I Just looking back over the progression of the last number of couple of months and over the last couple of weeks, just the way the Lord has led us through these last months has been so incredible because it all connects. It's just all interwoven and connects how he's... he's training and developing us and leading us in such strategic ways and if we just saw the big picture if we just saw it all at once how could how could it be so meaningful well yeah i mean it's like the it's it's the journey with the lord Mm -hmm. and it's like you know like when we go to france and we're we're gonna have a meal i mean a, a french meal you don't just walk up to the counter and chow down and you're out Everything has a place. Every even when you get whatever's in your cup and you you want to whisk it around a little bit, and then you want to smell the aroma of it and just enjoy, just saturate your senses with that. And that's what God wants. He he could do it just like that if he wanted to. And he does eventually do a quick work, but that's after you have been with him and um so this is part of the process to 
see through the eyes of the Spirit as God would, would show and to prophetically glean something and then offer yourself, offer that thing, look forward into that thing. Um, what was the joy set before Jesus? Now, we've talked about the joy of the Lord and that, how that is really fulfilling what God wants, to bring joy to the plan of God. And so Jesus endured the cross for the joy set before him. What was he, envi was, was he envisioning? Of course he was. Do you think he saw you? Do you think he saw what the sons and the saints were supposed to be? Do you think he saw us at that right hand before the Father, with the Father? Do you think he saw us on our faces praying around the world? Is that envisioning? Of course it is. Of course it is. And um, I've, I'm and grateful. You said some. You referenced this maybe on Sunday that without vision we perish. We desperately need this. Yeah. And going forward, we really do. And are you know are there times where we might ask the Lord three times to remove remove the hard part from us? Yes. But that vision is when you have a when you truly see the vision from the Lord, it is life changing. It is that's why we encourage that. I mean, we love that you get prophesied to. We love those kinds of things. But when you hear the voice of the Lord into your spirit, yourself, him and you, or when he shows you a vision, it it's there it's undeniable. Yeah. And so now, the question that we might have is, if we do this tomorrow... Did you just get my text? What are we going to do on Saturday? <laughs> it's because, uh, you know, these months just kind of sneak up on you, don't they? First Saturday is here again. But it's the month of the prophet. Yeah. It's also the month that is... It's a wonderful... I love Christmas. I love December. But it's also a month that can become very distracting from the burden of this. I mean, we have to be careful that we don't let the burden of this world um, keep us from the business of our Father. And I'm speaking to the choir here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I will be sending out a, a directive, a suggested directive soon but just at first blush we don't want to we don't want to just simply do have a redo of what we're doing tomorrow um it's not leftovers well first saturday is just leftovers from from what we did on the first i think that just again at first blush that we need to prophetically look forward into the things that God is thinking about this next year. Maybe even see areas that uh, stand against what God is wanting to do. And for the purposes of, of us nechaming with him about it. And, and I, I think that this could be for your individual terio can be for your church your prayer group it could be for the saints mission around the world but then i think that when we roll toward um you know that the next first saturday is new year's day oh. january 1st and i think we'll probably do something regarding declaration into the new year but it should be built upon those things that we prophetically glean through this month of December so we'll send something out but don't confuse the two tomorrow and Saturday tomorrow is more about you being before the Lord you functioning before him you doing 
the halal work. And that's an exciting thing. But then this weekend, I think we position ourselves prophetically to look forward toward the apostolic mission that we all share for 2022. So, be looking for that. It'll come at a moment when you think not. You will be... Um, invited to pray tomorrow and of course you don't have to wait till tomorrow to pray you can go ahead and get your prayers in now these, you know these have been this has been a strange I know we only have a couple minutes left but the dreams that God's been giving uh, are, are really unusual um, and um but I, but I think they, they portend things that are coming, like you, you and I heard of a, a vision, a dream that our dear sister Sylvie had regarding France and an open field and the ministries being open and available, and where where we're moving on from the initial points of, of gathering, but we're moving into the new, you know I. I told you about a, a dream snippet that I had where I was walking through a what looked to me to be a lava field and I was stepping on that bright orange fire from one congealed spot to the next and I when I first looked down I thought oh my god I'm going to fall into this and then I recognized no I'm not burning or anything I'm not in hell <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing I thought when I read. <laughs> but I was stepping through these things, and you know, and I think that it's the living stones. I think God is—we're walking amidst the stones of fire, and um, I—I I think we should be looking toward those times. So, anyway, um, anything else you want to say with these last two minutes? blessings over the saints and um, continuing to pray for some of our beloved saints that are uh, overcoming some of their challenges health issues Robin for one please keep her in your prayer she's she's a champion she's a fighter and she is walking in faith to overcome this <coughs> disease and also Dion Dr. D, she just came through some major, major back surgery, but her recovery is so amplified. I just, I just see the spirit of the Lord just moving so much through her through this process. And so we just give the Lord thanks for all of our saints um, and for whatever challenges that you're faced with. Just, just lean into him and praise him through it and know that he's with you and he will be glorified through it so amen yeah we love you robin i know you're listening yeah i know she she wrote me yesterday stating that she was undergoing a treatment right now she's so in it scott, right now she just messaged me scott is going to be coming online and i'm just getting a text ready to tell him to hey we're finished you got to put this up so, God bless you, Robin. We'll keep an eye on Uncle Scott here to see if he can keep Hold a up, candle to keep what you up do. with your <laughs> fine work. All right. Well, thanks for joining today. And uh, uh, if anybody, if anybody uh, heard all our chit-chat at the beginning and zoomed out, and if you hear those people, you tell them, you know, just go on to Spotify and move through the first five or six minutes. I've already forgotten what we chit-chatted about, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, the beard. The beard. Movember. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Thanks. We'll see you in prayer tomorrow, and may God bless you. Um, maybe I'll try to get Wednesday Night Live up early in the morning. We'll probably talk about this. I don't know yet, but um, in fact, I tell you what. I'm, 
I'm going to broadcast Wednesday night live at 9 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to broadcast it out. So I know since we're doing this through the day, I mean, if, if we're addressing this thing, it doesn't do anybody any good to hear it in the evening if they're supposed to be doing this stuff through the day. So I'll be live at 9 in the morning for Wednesday, Wednesday live. So uh, God bless you all. Thanks for joining. Bye.